You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. <laughs> it's good to be here, Pogues. Sorry, I'm adopting an affable 90s personality, and I'm going to make lots of 90s references and use lots of 90s slang for today's episode of Not Another Origin Story. So to start off, how about that Gulf War? Oh no, these um, these aren't even like good <laughs> '90s references. Sorry, I just you know, I, I want to talk talk a lot about the '90s as we do our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two colon Secret of the Ooze episode. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when people do references to a decade and they only talk about like some of the various fashion choices and questionable toy trends, you know, it's a real like slap in the face to like major news story. So I'm going to try and like pepper those in a little bit more. Uh, okay. I can't wait to hear your take on Bill Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> well, I, I sure do have a shiny gold slammer. Also, how about NAFTA? Oh, wow. This, <laughs> this is a dark episode, guys. <laughs> Ben chose, for some reason, an episode about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to get very political. Hey, a heat wave killed 740 people in Chicago. I, why do you... What? <laughs> you just sound like a 90s tragedies website? It's like Parker I mean, Lewis can't lose? No. I'm gonna close bummer90smoments.com, but we can go ahead and get started with the episode, I guess. Fine, I won't do my well, 90s if personality. You, if you want to talk about the big bummer to this, is this movie starts with a, like a little black screen that says, In Memory of Jim Henson, and then, yeah. then goes on to be a horrible fucking movie. <laughs> so it's like, hey Jim Henson, remember how you died? We're gonna kick you while you're down, or I guess in a coffin in this case. Yeah, I know it's it's pretty atrocious, folks. Um, I will like, have to say I'm gonna I'm gonna say this at the top of the podcast to give the listeners a little bit of some spice to deal with, which is that about halfway through this movie, I wrote a note that said I'm not hating this, which is true. I was genuinely having an okay time watching wow. this movie for 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 most of it, uh, with some lowered expectations. But I will say. That started to fade as we got into the latter half of the movie. I will say this. Uh, Midway through this movie, I thought, how did I ever watch this as a kid? Because this movie is this like so fucking boring. It's just nothing happening for so long. And I was like, I remember enjoying this movie when I saw it as a kid. So it just reinforces, ever since I rewatched an episode of He-Man, I kind of realized I was a fucking dumb kid. Like, something was wrong my skull didn't harden in time or something i don't know but look tv tv and film executives were um had easy in the 90s apparently they didn't need to produce anything for us (laughs) yeah i know like there's like the movie starts with like a five minute scene of watching people who have never heard of or seen pizza try to eat it in the grossest situations (laughs) the one couple picks their pizza up off of a public fountain don't eat that profoundly profoundly upsetting to witness that happen oh yeah when the guy lifted his off with like nothing underneath it i was like please don't put that in your mouth please don't put that in your mouth and then the other thing there's a dude at a stoplight who like yeah figure out where his mouth is like he has the drinking problem from airplane like he tries to get to the pizza and he's like pulling it away from himself it's so it's a step too far because yeah look new yorkers like to eat their large slices of pizza like in the foyer entrance of like a smelly pizza joint. Yes. But people look, no one in cities or very few people in cities walk the streets eating because it's a challenging. It's B prone to getting food on strangers and C it's gross and smells like piss everywhere. You don't want to go near the piss. Also, we need to to point out this is still nineties, New York. Like, they uh-huh. only just started to clean up uh, Times Square, like, where they were like, you know what? You have to sell, like, 40% of your business has to be products. It can't be nudity. It's like, that's how they got rid of all the strip clubs. So this is like when the strip clubs are going out. This isn't like now where you go to Times Square and it's like, you know, this fucking mecca of shitty stores to go to. This was back when you could still get mugged in New York, like, in a well-trafficked area. <laughs> and people would just be like, oh, look at that. So yeah, it's like watching them eat it and like in cars and eat it and just yeah, there's like there's two people walking with like a plate and they're like walking across the sidewalk eating it. I was like nobody walks and eats. Like it's not an enjoyable experience. Just stand still for 40 seconds and eat your piece no. of pizza. It also made me you... think pizza looks gross. 
Uh, yeah, I think the thing that was staggering is that if I'm ever on the subway and someone is eating food, even something simple, like has opened a bag of chips, I can't stop thinking about how gross that is. That is a line most city dwellers do not cross. So the fact that, yeah, they're picking it up off of like fountains and fire hydrants and eating like the wettest pizza in existence, I was like, oh my God. Oh yeah, the, the one guy's pizza Looked like it was a prop that he wasn't supposed to put in his mouth, but then did. Like, they made cheese, and they're like, just use Elmer's glue. It'll look white on camera. And he starts, like, biting into it, and it's like, I was like, nope, that's not how pizza looks. Really rough. Um, And then we're introduced to the least likable person in this movie. Well, no, it's not Shredder. I think I think the the pizza gambit is just like to 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 get people ready for a facsimile of 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 human life because that's oh. what the rest of the movie's gonna have. Oh um, boy, there is. But I, I, yeah. I assume you're referring to our friend uh, who I thought was named Kano no. when the movie started, and I thought that's a cool name. So when someone called him Kino, like the game old people play, I was like, no, that's different. And then I, I'm like, you got that wrong person in the movie. And I was waiting for him to correct them. And then someone else said his name. And I was like, okay, they named him Kino. All right. Yes. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> they didn't name him after the Mortal Kombat character, Kano. It's a cooler name, Pumps. It, it I is. I don't tell you. But he is like introduced, uh, one, as a pizza delivery guy who, as soon as he's handed two boxes of pizza in like, you know, like the little. Walmart oh, my case, God. Tilts him. it onto its T- side, which would you ruin the pizza. He does it the whole time. He tilts it all over the fucking place. Yes, and the and- turtles do it, and I'm like, come on, guys. If your thing is pizza, you know you can't turn a box of pizza any direction but flat because the pizza will move. He, he, he tips it a bunch of times irresponsibly, then puts it in, like, the hard box upright pizza carrier on his scooter. And I was like, well, good, at least it's safe now. And then he gets out and fucking, like, juggles that shit for the next five yes. minutes. And I, I was so mad. When he, when he <laughs> leaves, he, on his way to a pizza delivery, hits on uh, these girls who are standing outside and asks who wants to ride along with him. As if, like, even if he was the most handsome man in the world what woman's like yeah let me ride around on the back of a vespa scooter in new york city at 9 30 so we can deliver pizzas <laughs> like oh this, this is awesome but then she says in your dreams and then he's like oh in my dream i'll dream of something thinner so instantly he's a dickhead and i don't like it like you just apropos of nothing hit on these women on the street they told you off and then you're an asshole back like that's not how it works dude it was it was single single man this is it was a pretty quick burn though yeah i I guess i mean it's a a witty burn shitty but witty classic 90s (laughs) Uh, i guess yeah classic 90s uh and that leads us to the first fight sequence in like the basement of a shopping mall yeah i I could not figure out what that building was supposed to be they were in but it's some sort of subterranean strip mall yes. is essentially what, what there is. What I assume the actually was was a like storage unit that was in the basement of a building and the studio just bought it and put up a bunch of fake signs <laughs> that were like toy store and it appeared to be the stores that we saw were a toy store, a deli, and like a store that just had random clothes in it and these people were breaking in to rob it like what are you fucking getting out of a toy store? But they had all TVs, so they must have been robbing. Oh, so they must have been a TV more store around the corner. They, they must have been robbing more stores down the down the, around the corner. I have no idea. But this um, also starts the the fact that I put a note down where I'm like, the turtles are on angel dust, or like coke. Every scene they arrive into, they're all yelling at each other. They're all just saying random words and like being like, oh, yeah, woo, yeah, yeah, like over and over again. And it happens like five or six times where they come into a scene just yelling at each other, but it's all nonsense. Yeah, they they, they, they are definitely, they've definitely been given a really over-the-top script uh, full of catchphrases. About 50% of them land as something amusing or funny and about the the remainder of them don't even register as like failed jokes they register as just like non sequitur like like just crazy talk half the time it's it's just it's like it's like listening to someone uh on the subway having a mental breakdown (laughs) because the opening is they all jump in and they say awesome 
wicked, and then I guess Donatello says eclectic, yes. which isn't even like a synonym yes. for one of those words. That is that is my big problem with, they do this bit like four times in the movie, where they all come in saying like, radical, totally tubular, and then he comes in with another word, and it's supposed to be like he's smart, so it's a weird word, but it's never a word that would make sense to use as an exclamation. At one yeah. point, he says, Frere Jacques. That's a French song. It doesn't fit anything they're talking about. And then he proceeds to start singing it. And in my mind, I also thought, what fucking kid is like, this is hilarious. I, I recognize like, Frere Like, he Jacques. has to come in and, and just be like, like, uh, 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 prodigious, you know. Yes. Phenomenal. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like, like a, like a $10 word for Yeah, cool like, they're all awesome. like, totally tubular. And he's like, ennui. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> What? No, eclectic is bizarre. No, and then we enter the first fight sequence. I will say right away, I don't have any tangible evidence of this, but it seemed like the turtle costumes were better than in the first one. They I will say to... this: they move better because it is true. Yes. They, the Henson Company took over and they put all of the hydraulics and stuff in the heads, which gave them a better like movement, so they could do more with like the eyes and the curls of their lips and stuff. But to me, they look way fucking creepier. Like, really? Their faces I, I, kind of creeped me out. Like, it, it probably was to do with, like, the blank stare all of their eyes have, coupled with the fact that every line is delivered like they're trying out to be an extra for the Joker or something. Like, just, it was just weird. No, I, I felt like, like, front to back, the, the, the whole characters, the whole, the whole of the effects around specifically the turtle costumes were better. And in fact, because that's the main practical effect plus splinter for the most of the film, I was like, hey, this is a, this is an improvement. Oh, I'm not saying they were bad. But then. I'm just saying they're creepy. (laughs) They're well done, but creepy. But then they got the fucking Henson B team. No, the Henson F team in to work on fucking Tokar and, yeah, and they Razor. Brought, they brought in him, him him Jensen to uh <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's my name's James Henson. <laughs> He's the non-union equivalent. Oh fuck, cuz those two are like if you went and bought uh a Bebop and Rocksteady costume from a Halloween superstore, you know, where they would just call it like disco rhino or something yeah. to like avoid a copyright infringement <laughs> i mean tokar i think is the wolf right yeah remember. it's bad man he's is <laughs> considering that like the Wolfman came out in like the 40s that's a more convincing person as oh a my wolf. god this is this looks nothing at all like a wolf which is a real animal you know what i mean like but the but the problem Razor is that it looks the- kind of like a turtle but where all the turtles have tons of like movement in their face well, what's weird and stuff, is he's, his is mouth he's just a, opens like a sock puppet. He's a spiked Koopa, you know, from yes. like Mario, which is confusing. Because um, I feel like I'm watching the Super Mario Bros. movie, which mercifully is not a comic book film, so we won't have to do it. But um, but yeah, like they don't look right. And worse off, they, they have suits that are worse than the characters in the first movie. Like they mm-hmm. cannot move. They, cannot. they can barely walk. They have to walk like, like they're saddle sore. They can't bend their arms correctly. Like, it's a disaster. And they're the main fight antagonists. So, it sucks. Yeah, (laughs) then when you see the fights, you realize, oh, this was a huge mistake. Because most of the fight is them doing that thing, like when you watch old, uh, like, horror movies, like the original, uh, like, uh, Monster from the Blue Lagoon and stuff, where it's like, the person can't move their arms because they didn't know how to make, like, foam that would bend without it being, like, really clear that it was foam. So they would just, like, wave their arms and hit people, and then those people would have to, like, fly Throw across the ground yeah. like they were on Star Trek. Dude. And, you know, like, so it, it, every time they hit a turtle, the turtle's attached to a rope and is, like, shot off into space. And you're, it just never, or they pick them up and just kind of drop them somewhere. It's the least impressive fight scene you'll ever see. Which is insane, because the first fight scenes, and, like, a lot of them, the fact that those dudes in those suits, or I, I assume they're all guys, maybe there's ladies in it too, but no, whoever is... I, I, I think they are, yeah. The stunt people in those suits are doing, like, an absurd amount of work. They are getting so much range of motion out of those things, and doing, like, decent fight scenes where I have to assume they can barely see, they can barely breathe... I was telling Ben, I think I mentioned this on the mini episode, the suits are made of, like, foam. Like, kind of like a foam rubber, or just, you know, like, 
sort of like packing foam or like the foam inside of cushions. Yeah. So when they would wear those, they didn't like back then, you know, like you see now, like when they made Thor's suit, there's tubes that run through the entire suit and they hook it up and they pour cold water through it. Cause otherwise he'll like pass out cause it's a full leather suit. So that, you know, they have a way to cool people down in those suits. Now I don't think they did this back then. Uh, and, uh, the suits would just suck up all the sweat. The guys, the people who were inside were sweating and the suit would just slowly gain more and more weight because they'd be full of water by the time they got done filming. And there's a horrible shot you can find of a behind the scenes where they have the turtle's mouth is like propped open with like a stick. And there's just a dude holding a fan like right in front of its face, blowing on the guy inside because he's like getting ready to pass out. It's like, oh my God, this is terrifying. Also, it looks so creepy because you can just see a human's face inside the turtle's mouth. Google it. It's worth it. I have to, I have to, because uh, I think there was at least one scene in the first one where you could see into one oh, of the turtles' yes. mouths and see the mouth of the actor, and that was a really upsetting scene. Yeah. But the, yeah, these these hen- these Henson masks are solid until we have to sit there and watch all these fucking Razor and Tokar fight scenes because they suck. And Whereas the, the fights with the the fights with the Foot Clan are much more dynamic and have a lot more going on. But unfortunately, they're like as good as like you would see in an average '90s action film for this. Time. Yes, they're like, a little they're, power they're rangy. Not bad. Little Power Rangery where they there's a couple times like right away actually Kino sweep kicks the first guy, the robber he runs into and that guy is already on the ground before he starts yes. his sweep kick like it's a, it's such there's, a whiff. there's a couple of Godfather whiffs you know where like they yeah. shoot it from the wrong angle and you're like I or, don't think that guy hit or like the thing where a person Luke, like Luke Skywalker force kicks uh, if you're familiar from that famous yes. scene from <laughs> from Return of the Jedi there's also like um, if you the scenes are also where at one point Michelangelo knocks four guys unconscious by lightly hitting them all with a yo-yo. A yo-yo. A yo-yo you know yeah. how fast a yo-yo would have to be traveling to knock you unconscious? Which... It's just a piece of plastic. It would break on the first person's head okay. and hit and there's, stop there's, moving. There's two insane things happening here. One is that uh, obviously apparently there were lots of complaints about the first one being too violent. Yes. Which is insane because we did it and I remember we commenting on how how like how like you know, like kindergarten, the fight scenes were how 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 soft they were, um, but it's such a, it is hilarious right away how much to what lengths they're gonna go, they're, they're gonna go from all what you know ninety minutes of this movie to avoid them ever using their weapons. The only one who uses their weapons really is uh, uh, is it Michelangelo who's uh, Michelangelo no, uh, and Donatello use their Donatello. Raphael yeah, because pulls the his weapons. size out but always puts them reverse so the blades are along like the inside of his forearm and then just kind of hits people with the pummel once in the beginning. But then after yeah. that, he never pulls them back out. And the only time Leonardo pulls his swords out is to stick them in the ceiling. ceiling. <laughs> and then grabs them and pulls himself up as if those would hold you up. Yeah, uh, they, they would not hold like you up. They're just in like a drop ceiling. They would just fall out instantly. At that point, it seems like more like a liability to bring your weapons with yes. you if you're not going to use them. You just stand a chance of someone else taking them and using them. Also, I understand that they're quote unquote the heroes uh, of the story or good guys, so they're they're not going to you know they're not here to like like re- let the streets run red with blood. Although, if you recall our first episode, that is exactly what the comic book equivalents would do. Oh yes. Um, uh, but but why would the Foot Clan not bring weapons? I mean, they're they're literally a criminal gang that like rob and steal. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't even bring blunt weapons. They bring nothing uh, well, you most see, of the time. The issue is is um, there's like a four day waiting period on nunchucks in New York <laughs> in the '90s. So like they I bought them, but they can't get them yet. They gotta wait. Um, uh, that that leads me to talk about the Foot Clan. There's, I had a bunch of notes about the Foot Clan because I cannot get over them. Because in the first movie, we saw their main headquarters where they just had teens coming in to play arcade yes. games. The Foot Clan ha- pipe. Is, is the worst criminal enterprise in the world. They are a gang of teenagers who just steal electronics and then appear to resell them or pawn them and then just hang out in an abandoned factory that they've converted into like a skate park. And that's their whole gang. They would not be a threat to anyone really no No. which is a shame for another reason because the turtles like villain roster is relatively deep and people know 
a, a fair amount of them, and it's kind of insane that they didn't even consider working in a different villain this time around. Well, but, like, I'm fine. I feel like we're going to stick with Shredder and the foot. But the thing is, is why not just make the foot an actual group of ninjas instead of just them recruiting, which they do in this movie, quote-unquote, they're looking for anyone with serious martial arts skills. How many people in New York is that? How many teens are in New York in 1990 that have the, the, the credible martial arts skills to get into fights and are also disenfranchised? Yes, also want to join a gang. How deep is that bench? Because it really can't be that deep. And then, what's, then they imply that they can, like, he goes to join with like 18 people and he's the only one that they say is worth the second test. They're not recruiting anybody. <laughs> this gang yeah. is eight guys. Yeah, they're leaving, leaving everyone on the bench, which is insane because they, 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 they pretense here is that, you know, because uh, Kino looks nervous when he's going out to this thing because this really intense guy is like, okay, you guys can come try out, but there's no fucking guarantees. You got to fight each other in a Mortal Kombat like, like fight club here in the center of his, his warehouse. And then you have to pass, you know, this sort of like thief test where you're able to steal these bells off of a... Uh, off of a uh, an individual or like a mannequin, and then you could move on to the training facility in the junkyard, yes. where you're where you're clearly going to be drilled uh, through a variety of 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 challenging and difficult martial arts regimens, only for you to show up and get clonked once by Michelangelo with a yo-yo and go right down. <laughs> it is like insane that. Uh... Like, could you imagine, too, you go and you, you're like, all right, I'm showing up for this gang. We, we get in this street fight in, like, an abandoned warehouse where, for some reason, we're still wearing pat, padded gloves and stuff. Like, safety first, guys. Um, they're wearing headgear, too. And then they have you do this test where you steal these, you know, bells and everything. And they're like, oh, yeah. It's like, all right, come with us. We're going to take you to our real headquarters. And then they drive you to the city dump. Wouldn't you be like, fuck you, I'm not joining this gang. Why would I join a gang to hang out in a dump? I could go to any dump in the city and just hang out for, you know, and not have yeah. to, like, shiv somebody. Hold on, folks. We stacked the tires real tall. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. And then, the, like, at least the old place, it was in an abandoned building, but it was, like, a, a dream for kids because, you know, it was, you know, the 80s, and they let they were, like, smoking, remember, which was an odd <laughs> an odd message in a kids movie but you know like they got to hang out and play video games and skateboard and all this shit i'm like i get it that if i was a teenage kid who was disenfranchised hanging out there getting free food and smokes and everything i I could see the appeal this i got no appeal whatsoever we're a crime empire led by a fucking idiot who fell in a dumpster earlier now we just have to live here because he fell in a dumpster in the previous movie yeah, and, and the other thing that, that, that stuns me that I wish I could see more of is that when, when they're introducing, like, the, the training fight initiation montage, the guy who's, like, leading them in, who appears to be some sort of martial arts master because he's judging them, has the thickest, like, most Broadway, like, Brooklyn accent you've ever heard. And I was like, I gotta see this man in ninja outfit fighting. Like, if... If I was going down a dark alley and a bunch of, like, vague ninja just people jumped out and one of them's like, give me your wallet. <laughs> yeah, if one of them jumps out and he's, he's the guy who lost the Danny Zuko role in Greece and that's why he's angry. Like, I they want me to play Kaniki. It's like, these streets belong to us, the Foot Clan. <laughs> the Foot Oh, like, give me your wallet and your watch. Because all it is is like, it's, it's, it's like a hundred teenagers doing Godfather impressions dressed like Japanese characters of battle. And it, I can't get over well, how all, fucking funny dressed, that like, is. The, the bad guy in uh, Karate Kid, if he was just wearing a black uh, sweatsuit with the short, with the sleeves cut yeah. off. Which is a crime that they don't, there's not more moments of that. Because the really only two Foot Clan members that we ever spend any time with are one, obviously Shredder. Two, Shredder's uh, uh, second-in-command who... Who was in the first movie, but I can Tatsu, Tatsu, uh, Tatsu. Um, and then lastly, the the spy in the clan, uh, which proves to be a useless subplot uh, because he doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, I also love... There's so many moments in this movie, like when they release Tokar and Razor into the city and they just knock over some light poles. And they're yeah. like, we're going to send a message to the turtles. It's like, you could just... 
you know, you know, you know, you know that you know that April O'Neil knows them. Just go tell her to tell them to show up, yeah. or you're going to release. You don't have to or, actually do anything. Or kidnap April, which is what yes. I thought was going to happen. But which would be the, 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 the clear the obvious choice. But more importantly, if you got a list of all the crimes that took place in New York City on a given night, and the turtles woke up and just checked the paper, right? I don't think knocked over street lamps would top like oh there was a shootout and like nine yes. people died. Yeah, I, I feel like Park. yeah, like when you'd open it up, they'd just be like bunch of fucking street poles fell over on cars. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> our fourth rape of the night was reported, and uh, two people were shot. We got yeah. Detective Briscoe looking into it. <laughs> uh. But we also get another subplot or another like plot point that, that's supposed to drive something interesting, which is, of course, the mutation of the ooze um, through a character that I thought was evil. And then it proves to be not, I guess, as the movie progresses, which is the scientist, uh, the professor. Well, But then he Jordan ends Perry. up being evil at the end. And also, yes. didn't it feel like his character was supposed to like was being set up to be Dr. Baxter, the guy from the Turtles who turns himself into a fly? Yeah, I thought that, I, I, or Krang, or or, or yeah. When they first something? did, I remember as a kid, I thought he was Doctor Baxter, which I swear is the name of. The, I'm gonna look it up just to be sure. Fly, but you're right. Guy. But this is my problem. At the very least, this should have been an opportunity to set up the presence of a new villain. Yeah, his name's Baxter Stockman. This dude's name was something entirely different. Why didn't they just give him this name? Yeah, he, he doesn't have to become the fly yet, but you're obviously setting him up to be. Yes, by because him. I don't know if you notice in the end, in the final scenes where Shredder has the what's left of the container of ooze and it gets knocked out of his hands, the doctor runs up and puts it in his jacket and runs away. Yes. And then the news story at the end, I don't know if you noticed this. They said in the wake of TGRI disappearing, um, it's a company. How does it disappear? It's not a person. You can't just go somewhere. But they act like, yeah, it's just gone. Completely gone. We don't know what happened. We drove up, buildings gone and everything. What's really... What's, what, can't yeah, find any of the employees. They're all gone. I, I, I don't know who's running that lab, but whoever needs to invest in better equipment, because A, the logo sucks. The name sucks. Second, third, also, secondary, I'm pretty sure the name in the comic is TCRI. So I don't know why they changed it. <laughs> I have no idea. But when they show, uh, when Sh- Shredder reveals the broken ooze container uh, from leading to the Turtles and Splinter's sort of mutation, um, when he shares it, it has a logo on it that he shows them, which is TGRI. And I don't know, I just like, I thought it looked odd, so I reround. And it is on there with Sharpie, my man. It is, it is, is Sharpie on to that fucking ooze thing. I was like, TGRI, can you not afford like a fucking label maker? What What is going on? Well, here, here, here is my question, too. Um, what were they doing with the stuff that was inside? Because it appeared to be they'd put it in a thing and then it would go through a tube and he was like, done. Where was it going? <laughs> yeah, he was... How he long was have you had failing. this technology? I think he was trying to, like, run experiments, like, using the ooze to mutate stuff because they find those, like, weird dandelions outside in their uh, containment area. So my thought is that he's trying to, like, engineer some sort of, like, you know monstrosity you know because that's what evil laboratories do in these kind of movies but yeah he just seems to be disposing it nowhere uh but then but then later on he's really excited about its qual its properties i'm like he's a bad scientist because fucking fucking shredder recreated that entire experiment in like in a pile of garbage well apparently the experiment was eh, just spray it on him spray it on him yeah so what was he doing with it I, I don't know. And it was just, I, like, the whole thing was just so confusing to be like, I don't understand this subplot. And then the idea that they introduce these, like, you know, Shredder makes his own mutants, and you're like, ooh, and then they they come out and they're stupid, and he's like, damn babies. As they, they're profoundly disappointing. Because, but it's like, like I said earlier, why? What, they was don't, the, what was the point? Yeah, because they, they're not threatening. Again, the costumes are very bad. And they don't do anything particularly useful for shredder and then lastly and probably more importantly is that they spend the entire movie with one choreographed note throw throw people away from you in some random direction that is all they do from start to finish 
so so like they're bad in fights they're bad cor- the, the choreography that they're supposed to follow is also bad yes and like and they can just like murmur and and, and mutter even though again turtles has a wide bench so this is where I, I was confused because at the very beginning of the movie yes it's cheesy like like d- dumb action uh, but I was I was kind of enjoying it. Like a little kid in me was enjoying some of the stupidity of them making a mess of the apartment and making '90s jokes and then going out and fighting in a secret lab for no reason. Ugh. That stuff was that stuff was charming me a little bit. The problem is is right around the halfway point, the movie says, "Okay, we're gonna infiltrate the the Foot Clan," and by that we're gonna take in a, a credible candidate for the Foot Clan, Kino. Who is both a he's a teenager who has does not have a lot of money. He apparently does not have any parents or connections to anybody that would be concerned about him, and he's very very good at martial arts. So he's a great he's a great uh, candidate for their for their weird intern program. Uh, but he and he gets in clearly because he's good. But the whole time, the whole time, my uh, Raphael is following him. Uh, and, but not and, and, not only following him like he's following him, but is in like he's four and a half feet behind him. <laughs> right, because when you have someone go undercover, you send them in and they pretend to be a criminal, and the criminal organization hires them, and then they work, and then every now and then you check in, or if there's something going on, you you know you you watch from a from a uh, a squad car, you know an unmarked squad car, you know a block away. But but he's just like creeping four feet from this guy in broad daylight, and then. Issuing him over to come, like, hang out with him and go walk with him on some mission, which is like, if you guys get caught, now that work is blown, which is what happens in yeah, the thing, The thing I love is Kino shows up at the group of people who are going to. They're like, all right, here's the. Here's what you're going to have to do. We're going to run some tests. We'll see who deserves to be in. Follow me. They turn around, and Raph's like, come here. And he just walks away and is like, I think I'm in. He's like, yeah, let's follow him back. Why are you doing this? You're three feet away from him. Just follow him in. You're not imparting any additional information to this guy. You're just taking the chance of blowing your cover. And then you didn't have a plan for once he got to their secret base. Why didn't you say get there, hang out for the day, and then leave? Or see if you can figure out their plans. They're not going to kill you Like while you're there. They just brought you into the gang. And, it's and, so and weird. It, it proves that Kino could easily, effortlessly... Uh, uh, blend in with the candidates for the gang and and join the gang and like go through the training regimen or whatever and learn a ton of stuff about what's what's supposed to happen with the Foot Clan and maybe what they're doing because they don't have a very big facility. That would have been great. It also proves that Raphael at any point could just go in to this secret base and just walk around yes. mostly and it would have been fine with, also, with, with no, no need to have anyone infiltrate but they instead do both plans. <laughs> also here's the thing too couldn't he have just told Kino to find out where they were meeting to do the test and then just followed those guys back to the base and just been like, lose, so they kick you out, and then I'll follow the people who set it up back to their hidden base? Because that's what I do. You just happen to be with them. So there's no reason for you to actually become a foot member because I'm not going to use any information you could have given me. I'm yeah. literally just following you and four other people, so I could just follow those four people and really save and then- us both some time. And this this problem of doing all the plans uh, kind of comes up comes up later too because uh, not long after uh, 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 they they discover Razor and Tokar um, the the scientists bruise them an antidote to like the mutation um, which apparently is just sort of like a jelly sludge which by the way he mixes up in a Bart Simpson glass did you notice yes that? I in prominently displayed yes but they're trying to figure out it has to be ingested for it to work and they're trying to figure out how do we make these two monster creatures eat this weird brown slime and the solution one posits is that we can freeze it into ice cubes and then we could i don't know, just throw it into their mouths or something i don't know it's, when, it's, when it's in a solid state maybe we can you know carry it with us and like throw it at them and get it in their their mouth somehow the other plan which is revealed by michelangelo is that we could put this weird substance into donuts and then we could offer them to them and they'd eat them because they're big dumb monsters they do <laughs> yes they do but which i guess Instead that was their way of the... hiding I, I could not figure that out when they and then 
they take the jelly-like substance and they go off and buy or make jelly donuts. Then they extract the real, like, you know, jelly filling from the pastries. And then instead of putting in the jelly concoction of their antidote, they jam ice cubes into the donut shell. There's two, there's, like, that's not even the dumbest part. The dumbest part is they show up (laughs) for this fight and they say they need to, there's the, uh, like, tradition of the pre-fight donut. And they go and give donuts to these monsters. And at no point, Shredder and the rest of the foot, who are all standing around watching, aren't like, what the fuck is going on? Just kill them. Kill them. Like, they're like, I guess we gotta I let them eat the donuts. And then the two dumbest people in the room, the two monsters, somehow know that inside of a donut is a cube with some... And, and would know that when they broke it apart, that cube was something bad. Like, how do they know it's bad? They don't know what a fucking donut is. We've already seen that they're morons. They're just children. They don't know what's inside a donut. Yeah, that's that's also true. Um, also, can we point out that uh, Shredder asks the foot to find the two most dangerous animals it can in New York City, and it brings back a wolf <laughs> and a snapping turtle? I'm pretty sure there's a fucking lion in the Central Park Zoo, guys. Like, I think also, it was where, still where, there in the 90s. Go just go get was, a lion. Where was the wolf? <laughs> Hanging out. I mean, like, Chicago has coyotes sometimes, but... It just they, they, they went to upstate New York to get... Yeah, uh, I guess so. Wolf. I just thought that, like, those were the two that they came up with. The point I was getting at earlier was that at around... Honestly, it was, like, 45 minutes into the movie. They are inside Shredder's home base because the, the turtles have showed up to rescue uh, uh, Raphael, who's been captured. The, the, the entire turtle clan, plus Splinter and Kano have all shown up to the main base where Splinter is located, or where, where, where Shredder is located. And I was like, oh, is this the finale? That's, That's what I thought. Cool. I looked down at my, you know, I was watching, I was like, this is great. It's going to be over. And I brought up it's the time. It's too early. Like, it's like, yeah. there's 40 minutes left? How? And I was like, yeah, they're about to fight the boss and the monsters. Like, what's left? But no, they fuck around in the fortress and then they all just like leave. And I was like, okay, yeah. what is the story here? Because I thought the story was that there is a secret ooze that makes things into turtles or shredders or whatever. And we need to get that away from them. But then they fail. And then those creatures exist. And then I'm like, okay, well now we're going to have the finale in a, in a nightclub dance sequence. <laughs> and it's one of those, it's one of those like really well-known what the fuck? Dockside clubs where, you know, <laughs> longshoremen open up a, a club right next to the warehouse where they're unloading crates of fish. What the fuck is that club? And apparently the foot is located literally on the other side of a wall from that. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. their neighbors. Like I just picture the fit the foot's like they're like having a meditation thing and like Shredder's trying to like give them advice and then just in the background she's like she's like, gotta turn it down. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the cameo of Vanilla Ice is something that I would have expected as a short little moment in like the middle of like the, the, the second act when, you know, when things are like a little, a little slow is like, have like a weird nightclub fight sequence, whatever context you get them there. And then like, it's Vanilla Ice on stage. He's going to do a song and now we're going to move on to, you know, back into the main plot. But that's, that's like where the final boss takes place. Is at yes. this nightclub. That's in, in that, a that, horribly boring fight. That's the crescendo. Yeah, the worst fight in the movie. And like some of them are fine, but this one again it is the two monsters. Razor. The two monsters just roar and grab them and throw them through different walls and doors, and that's the entire fight sequence. And then they lose immediately and are tackled, and they have fire. They lose immediately too. after yeah. the turtles produce two oil drums from somewhere to knock them over, and then they put. Uh, fire extinguishers into their mouth and they're like this will make the chemical work it's like no that would kill them you can't shoot a fire extinguisher into any living thing's mouth <laughs> it will kill them have you ever been well, hit by a fire they're very cold they have they're this, like should, the, like you would just die the scientist was right then yeah genius I, I guess he was like they'll revert after death and then those animals will be... Too, then there should have been, like, a dead turtle. Yeah, they should have just been, like, laying there and been like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, but yeah, this is the, the really weak-ass finale here. 
Plus, okay. Pugs, I'm just going to go ahead and say this, even though I probably shouldn't. That crowd that was there to see Vanilla Ice might have been too too diverse. Yeah. <laughs> too diverse to show up in New York City into a dock club to listen to Vanilla Ice dressed hey, as... Like, the Where fucking mask? Did you see the shoulder pads in that sport coat he was wearing? Yeah. Hey, man, we're going to go to a, a nightclub tonight. Oh, sick. There's so much great, you know, places to see music tonight. Yeah, I, I hear Vanilla Ice is going to improvise some stuff at a warehouse near the Fishmongers, like, district. Um, we're going to be so what? close to the water, we could fall in and die while drunk. It's um, the place that will be the beginning of the next episode of Law and Order, where they find the body in a dock yeah. warehouse dead. That's just Law and Order SVU warehouse. Yeah, I, um, mean, I could, I could not believe. And then the promoter of the club is like yelling at the guy who's running the lights, and they both have shitty ponytails. I yeah, like, I like, do. I, I really like that a lot, actually. And he's like, "Call the police!" And then the guy comes back. He's like, "They love it. Cancel the police." Not how, not how that works, but. It's I mean, just also so dumb. And again, another person doing an absurd character of a New York accent. He also yeah, refers I mean, to the turtles as extras. Who hired these extras? Do you know this is a movie? Like <laughs> you don't, you don't call is, additional people in a place extras. If you're, if you're in the audience and you're watching Middle Ice and you're disappointed as you would be, um, and you're looking to see if you want to maybe get a drink or kill some time in the bathroom or whatever. And then, like, a couple of guys that you... I, I would have to assume you think are in costumes. Yes, as, as one them. guy yells. Yeah. Look at those costumes! I love four, this place! <laughs> four guys come in in turtle ninja costumes. Which, again, if we're in a universe where ninja turtles don't exist, that's confusing. Yeah, even, in a Yeah, like, people come in and your reaction... Then that guy's reaction made me think... Do people come in dressed as different things all the time? Because yeah, right? he's like, look at those costumes. I love this place. As if it's an event that he was looking forward to. I'm looking but forward then, to when the people show up dressed as shit. But then, like, the two mon- like God's kaiju monsters show up. You know, like, yeah. like medium, small-sized kaiju show up. The, the, uh, have- of the two, the things that look more like costumes. <laughs> exactly. They have a fight sequence in the crowd. Now, if you've, if you've accepted that, that the... the Okay, I don't know why they're not just regular ninjas. I don't know why they're turtles and also ninjas. That's confusing. But once you've gotten over that uh, that, that that obstacle and you're like, this is pretty cool. It would be cool. You'd be like, oh, interesting. They're having like a choreographed fight number while like Vanilla Ice is like rapping to it. Sure, cool, into it, neat. But then like, why are they petting them to the ground and jamming fire extinguishers down their throats? That's terrifying. That doesn't seem like it was supposed to happen. And it's really bizarre. Yeah, the whole thing is, you would think somebody would freak out. Yeah. But at no point, everybody's just like, huh, this is a weird performance art piece. They cut away and we come back and see that the Razor and Tokar have, have reformed into animals. But they're still in the crowd, which means a bunch of traumatized people just watched two people they thought were guys in suits slowly melt into into, into woodland creatures. Yeah, and again, no reaction. So much so, no the turtles get on stage at the end and they're like, yeah, ninja, go ninja. And then it just sort of wraps up like... Yeah, and then Shredder shows up, and when Shredder shows up, he knocks over, like, a speaker, and everybody's just like, wow, look at this. And Vanilla Ice and a random lady from the crowd are just talking on stage while the turtles are having, like, a an end moment with Shredder. We're like, we're not going to let you do this. And Shredder's like, I've got this. What are you going to do about it? And in the background... She's just like, you know, like, hey, great set. Did you did you make up that beat or where did that come from? He's like, oh, I don't know. You want to go back to my place later? Like, completely unaware of what's happening. And then when Kino shows up and slowly makes his way up to the stage while Shredder again is just like, I, I guess I'll wait and let this play out. Kicks the thing out of Shredder's hand. Then Shredder just grabs that woman and is like, I'm going to kill her. And you're like, and she's like, huh? Like her reaction is like, what's going on? When did this guy get here? I somehow missed a dude covered in knives show up. <laughs> uh, and people in the crowd are just like, huh. Like, they're just still invested. Like, they're watching a movie. Another another really challenging part of this sequence that I can't get behind 
or I can't even understand. I mean, is that at the be- when the turtles show up, the music does that classic record scratch. Which, by the way, if I was a DJ, I would be praying. For someone to come bursting in and interrupting my set so I could do a trademark record scratch. Oh, yeah. That's the dream. Uh, but but that happens. It goes silent. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Then they start fighting. And then something weird happens. Music starts playing. Yes, the DJ's no one... like, all right. The, no, but the, the DJ can be seen not doing anything. So the music starts back up, but it appears to just be the soundtrack, I think. It's yes, just like the yes, movies... there's no vocals. It's the movie soundtrack, just the the uh, yeah, the, the non vocal soundtrack, just playing the, like the music for the fight scene, and Vanilla Ice like hears it and starts nodding his head, and I was like, wait, hold on, yeah, no, no, <laughs> wait, what? hold on, did a character in a movie just hear the soundtrack I and start it, rapping? I think it's supposed <laughs> to be that somewhere the DJ like all this happened, and he was like, huh, and just reached over and clicked play, or still had his stuff queued up on his iPhone. <laughs> And, and so it starts what playing, like, but what I love is what, they pause it. The, wait, go ahead. What, what do you think? If that beat was already prepared, if that's what you're positing, if that beat was not part of the soundtrack of the film, but was actually the DJ who produced it, then that means that that was like the next song, which means that that next song was not Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, but Go Vanilla? <laughs> like, like, what well, see, would he have been? I would argue that, like, go. Vanilla after his last song was going to be like, "I'm going to take five, you know, go use the bathroom, go outside and smoke a bowl," and then they were going to be like, "Boop, good," and you know, they're just going to start playing that song while people went to the bar and got like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> but he puts it on by accident. I also love that they posit that he's like Eminem and he's about to like come up with this rhyme on the spot. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. he's like, "Hold on, watch me spit these great rhymes." We we Yo, all know turtles in town. Was- known for his freestyle yeah it's his, so he, we all know he was known for his creativity yes and again <laughs> and, and, and dressed like a beats. like dressed in a woman's power suit like a 90s woman's power suit i mean i cannot stress how big these shoulder pads in his jacket are and then his he's got like mc hammer white dress pants on that are pleated it's a very upsetting outfit but and like and then he just starts singing it, and then like they have a whole dance prepared it's deeply upsetting and it's yeah, a fucking it, horrible song. If you actually listen to the lyrics, it yeah, is, it's, it's, it's like the sort of thing where somebody came up to me, like Ben was like right before the podcast, I was like, hey, could you write a fake rap real quick before we start recording? I'd be like, um, yeah, okay. Uh, turtles are in town. Time to get down. Uh, <laughs> you know, just like trying to like, it's like the most rudimentary rhymes of just words. I think one time he Here, rhymes the same word together. Here's my ninja rap. I'm done. That's a wrap. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's that kind of rhyming. And it's Watch out, just... thugs. We're going to roll you up like rugs. <laughs> exactly. And and the thing is, though, if they burst into this sequence and there's a brief moment of this, like, ninja rap song playing, and then they the, the fight takes them, you know, out into, like, the pier or into a, another neighboring warehouse or whatever, right? That would be more logical. But they stay here for the whole, like, third act. It's yes. we, we stay in this nightclub with Vanilla Ice for the rest of the movie. And that's a disaster because that means we have constant shots of us checking on Vanilla Ice and how he's reacting to Shredder's speech. Like, like you were saying earlier, what a bizarre choice to make. It's not even a cameo at that point. He's just in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And again, just like hanging out after a while. Yeah. Um... A couple of uh, a couple of of of, of uh, non congruous notes. Uh, 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 at one point, while talking to Donatello uh, in the in the uh, the the turtle lair beneath the city, um, he is talking to April O'Neil while carrying a payphone. Yes, <laughs> as one does. I like that they find an abandoned like old subway station that has electricity still going to it. Has uh-huh. a train inside of it, and still has a working payphone. Now it is the '90s, so payphones were a thing, but you definitely sure. can't disconnect them from walls. They don't have cords on them that you can just walk around with. Uh, here's uh, a here's just a, a random note. How long was Shredder in that dumpster? Because <laughs> it seems like it's been at least a week since they broke up the foot originally, and Shredder calls crawls out of the trash he's been in. So has he just been hanging out in that dumpster eating, du- eating trash for a while? 
and and it doesn't seem like he has a functioning plan because when he when, when he discovers when he discovers the presence of the ooze uh from that one guy who was sent to watch april o'neill and comes back with te- toxic waste instead um once he discovers that he's like oh now i have a plan he didn't really have anything happening yeah. before that he was and, totally confused what to do and next. he wants revenge and his his arch rival in this film is just so you guys are aware basically the dumbest teenagers are alive it would be as if like the mafia now was like man we got to get revenge on some Fortnite streamers you know what i mean just like you can't beat a group of teenage turtles you're the worst fucking gang in the world. No wonder you recruit kids to just steal VCRs. It's deeply yeah, we've, upsetting. We've confirmed that they don't even use their weapons. Yeah. Yeah, and you could probably just give them pizza and they'd leave you alone. Also, I love that when they go to the lab, they're like, ah, we gotta find this thing. And the foot waits until they've completely researched everything and then shows up and is like, hey, we've got it. Why did you show him you have it? Why didn't you just leave? <laughs> because then we find out they had already taken the doctor back to the dumpster. So they took the doctor back but left the ooze there and it was like, we're going to hang out in case the turtles show up so we can rub it in their face. Um, Pokes, there is there is one uh, sequence that I think it would be borderline illegal if we didn't talk about it, which is the sequence in which um, they arrive at the Foot Clan headquarters and... Uh, Leonardo says it's quiet, a little too quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shortly later, they take out a few guards. And Donatello says that uh, that, that was really easy, uh, a little too easy. And then uh, they finally creep up to find Raphael uh, hostage, taken hostage in the center of the arena. And Michelangelo says, uh, they, they, they announce that, that uh, there's Raph. And Michelangelo follows it up with uh, a little too Raph. Best joke, best joke in the movie. Now, as a as a kid, that probably slaughtered me. But that probably oh, I'm not gonna lie. That's like the only part of this movie I remember. We said we were gonna watch it. I was like, I remember there's a montage of people failing to eat pizza. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. I remember that Kino is super whiny and really annoying. And I remember the little two Raph line. Yeah, I it's I would say I have thought I remembered that line like once a year since I've seen this movie. Like when somebody yeah. says it was a little too easy, I think. A little too rap. And I don't know what it's, that says about me. <laughs> I don't know either. It's like a dad joke that works so well that you're upset about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you're so annoyed that that, that joke landed, but you also hate the joke of the person that gave it. But you also can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, this is not a bit when I say literally, I think about it probably once a year. <laughs> and I remember that. Because like when you said to do this, when you're like, let's do Secret of the U's, in my mind, I was like, a little too rap. <laughs> And then I thought about the ninja rap. Like, I don't even go to the ninja rap first. I yeah, think I know. A little too rap. A little too rap, yeah. It's, it's one of the few, like, jokes that is genuinely of, of, of good quality. Uh, and, because but of... I think it really says something about why I'm not that funny. If I, like, as a, my formative years, I was like, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Chef's kiss. I've seen the pinnacle of comedy. And it is little too rap. Uh, a joke I didn't get is at one point during the Vanilla Ice fight sequence, uh, Michelangelo is thrown by one of the monsters, and as he crash lands through a door into a hallway, he gets up and someone's <laughs> he's, he's told, now we know what a postal package feels like? Is he, is he mean like because they get like chucked by the mail yes, carrier? I, I think that was supposed to be the bit. There were a lot of really <laughs> weird and confusing jokes when they get caught in the net. They're like, it's really strong. He says, remind me to send Ralph Nader. Yeah, Ralph Nader. <laughs> Ralph Nader didn't do anything with nets. He, he wrote yeah, that book that, that made them put seatbelts in cars. But is it, yeah, is it like a safety thing? Or I guess, but then the question is, who wrote that bit? And somebody reading it was like, this is going to kill with 12-year-olds. I that's didn't know who thing. Ralph Nader was until I was like no, 20. That, that's the funny thing. Like, obviously, they're putting in some jokes for the parents they know are. But they don't even make any sense. <laughs> But they don't make any regular kid jokes. They no. just make adult jokes, like later, like I did. The, like they just reference, they just they just like reference like the fall of the USSR, and I'm like okay, the kids are gonna enjoy that one. They do the scene where uh, he quotes from Casablanca, 
And I was like, is that a oh, yeah, thing yeah. that kids were up? I don't remember. It maybe it was in Warner Brothers. Maybe I would have known what it was. But And there was another joke. I can't remember what it was. But I just remember thinking, I don't think anyone's going to get this joke as a child. And then the one thing I have to ask is, uh, before we wrap up, is there's a scene where April comes back and the turtles are sitting there and uh, she says, where's Splinter? And they're like, oh, he's been up on the roof meditating. And she said, what's he doing? And then he comes down the stairs and he says, I was coming to a decision. I I I wrote this. Why is there such a long pause? I wrote this too. I wrote this fucking too because they're like, "What's he been doing up there this whole time?" And then he takes us two steps down. And he goes, "I, <laughs> I was coming to a conclusion." Like, whoa, yeah. And I was like, what? "Was that a bit? What? Like, was that supposed to be a joke for adults?" Because I'm like, "It is such a long beat." It is. It is not something we're nitpicking. I want to be clear. It is. No, it is it's a it's very a good, like one and a half pause. to two second pause. It's so long that I, I thought when I was watching it. I wasn't paying, you know, super sharp attention at that point. I thought the thing had stopped. Like, I thought it was buffering. And I looked down to be like, oh, why did it stop? And I was like, oh, it's still going. I'm so glad you mentioned it because it was definitely in my my notes. But I did not want to be the one to have to bring it up. Don't worry. I'll always bring up a giant rat saying coming. (laughs) It's a little too rough. And that's a not another origin story. (laughs) It's a promise. Uh, You can take that to the bank. (laughs) and then ask him for a loan based on it yeah it was just i I just i wrote it down because i was like was this supposed to be a joke was it a really bad edit did like the editor do it to be like fuck you i'm not getting paid enough i'm gonna put this weird line it was just so bizarre yeah i i I, again it's in my notes but i skipped it (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't let it go because when i saw it i was like this is deeply upsetting (laughs) I think that's about it. We could spend time talking about how Shredder takes the ooze, becomes really big, and then just knocks a doc down to kill him. And Pretty then, disappointing. My, the only part about that that's even worthwhile, because it is such a waste of a scene, is uh, they see his hand, and it like raises up, and Leonardo's like, there's no way anyone could have lived through that. And he's like, oh, re- okay. Uh, and then dies. <laughs> but it's like he doesn't die until... Leonardo says it like he's like I can live oh no one could live through this ah and it just dies I, I thought that was like such a brilliant not a joke but just made me laugh yeah and, and, and that scene is also really like awkward and strange because uh uh when when Shredder's like arm flops over you can see like the, the very clear rubber of his blades yes. uh, his arm blades like wobble and I'm like boy guys you could have just done another cut or just not even done the scene I, I also like that when he takes the the ooze and he drinks it it also makes his armor get more mutated as if the armor is part of him <laughs> like the spikes go all the way up his arm now and they're like three times the size and just very uh uh, completely worthless fact that was uh kevin nash of nwo fame yeah i thought it was interesting uh th- that came up in my like amazon thing because uh they they even mentioned that razor and tokar look like they were on wwe the night before uh <laughs> they, so... they are like i mean the turtle is not great it's not a great design and they they really spent almost no time in making the head like be able to like be moved or open and close its mouth with any skill but the wolf is such a failure of like all just execution all the way across. You can tell they just glued hair to a plastic mask. It looks, yeah. it could not look less like a wolf unless it was just a turtle. <laughs> like it, it's so far removed from a wolf and it's for some reason red, which I was, don't think wolves are naturally red. Yeah. And they give them like a stationary mouth. Like yeah. when all, all the turtles have like, fully like you know articulated you, facial features this character just has like a wobbly underbite it's really upsetting do you, you know what he, what he uh, reminds me of now that i think about it is do you remember the animatronics at chuck e cheese <laughs> yeah yes he looks exactly <laughs> like, like the dead eye look where they don't move and they're too big for their head and the, the mouth just kind of hangs open because the hydraulics don't work anymore which again is bizarre because the, again, like they they went through the, the the work to make like the main character so good and the villains are so shitty. Yeah, it, it anyway. is it is just weird. Again, cannot help but think Jim Henson was you know 
wherever he was in the afterlife being like this is the movie that's going to be dedicated to me <laughs> please don't i hope netflix remakes uh whatever i don't even remember that movie now anyways dark crystal that's the movie okay the one, I, I was gonna yeah. say dark tower i knew that wasn't right but i um, think I, well go ahead well i guess the, the last question is, is this is a hard one for me to answer honestly is would you would you recommend anybody go back and watch this? Because I have like weird nostalgia for the Turtles movies. And frankly, as I said before, the, the, the last part of this movie is a mess for a number of reasons. But there's enough here that I didn't hate my time going through it. Hmm. I would probably recommend people watch this if they liked it to begin with. If you've never seen any of these movies, dear God, don't go weird down this weird, dark 90s hole. It's not worth it. Yeah, I would say the only way I would tell somebody to watch this is if they were, they're one of those people who likes watching bad movies and enjoys, like, one, do not watch it by yourself. But, like, if no. you were going to watch yeah. it with a group of people and you're going to sit around and make fun of it, I think you could get, it's only an hour and a half, which helps, even though it feels like it's two and a half hours. But, like, if you were with a group of people, you could talk over, like, the middle part where, like, literally nothing happens and you'd be fine. So I guess I'd say, yeah, if you're looking for a dumb movie to kind of make fun of, sure. It's not as bad as, you know, like the Swamp Thing movies we watch. But it's definitely not, like, on the peak of, like, Time Cop for being just hilariously funny to watch. You know, because it's so not good. It's so bad. So I guess that's it. Yeah, I would say maybe. And as, we, as we've learned in this episode, and if you listen to the mini-episode, this movie deeply affected me, and I also own the soundtrack to it, which I do not know why some exec was like, all right, we've just made a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Now we need to do some soundtrack. What do you think kids who are really into the Turtles are into? Hip-hop and R&B from the 90s? It was, I just couldn't, <laughs> like, when you're like, like, not that it's bad, but it, it just feels like such a weird connection because then you have like these rappers from the 90s and they were forced. It's not like they were like, oh, let's go to. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot of rappers from the 90s. Let's go to NWA. And uh, they might have been broken up by then or like run DMC or something. And be like, let's buy a song and put it in the movie. No, they went to rappers and were like, we need you to write turtle themed raps. And they agreed. So they must have given these people so much money to be like, yeah, sure, I'll do something that cannot be helpful for my career <laughs> you know like i can't imagine like a lot of hip-hop artists are like yeah let me let me tie my star to yeah. a fucking shitty sequel to a teenage mutant ninja turtles to, movie to, to a children to a live action children's film yeah it's, in it's which real... i'll take a back seat to a fucking cameo from vanilla ice yep it's pretty fucking rough. but if you watch the credits which i did because i was like did they put credit scenes in 90s movies the answer was no uh, they play two separate raps that are about the turtles by two separate groups. Yes, <laughs> and I, I was do. like, and they are. You could tell the people who wrote them were like, I fucking I don't give a shit. Turtles <laughs> are green. They're so mean. Like it's just. I think everybody was like, fuck it. Just give me twenty grand. I'll write you whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. But I do have it on cassette tape. If anybody wants to listen to it with me, we can have a listening party. Uh, we'll listen to yes. that and then the Young Guns soundtrack. I believe um I believe you can consider me signed up. All right, that'll be on our next podcast. Shitty soundtracks. Uh, I think that's it for this episode. We'll uh, if you come back next week, we'll have a we'll have a mini up to tell you what our next movie is. If you have a movie you'd like to suggest, of course you can always please. suggest it. Yes, please, please do. It makes our lives easier and it's fun. We record for about like an hour or so to do the movies. And we also record for about an hour or so to do the 15-minute mini-episodes because we spend the first 45 minutes being like, I don't know, what about this movie? So what could we handle this week? <laughs> yes, yeah, like, or what's free right now on Amazon? Uh, so if you have something you want us to watch, leave a message at Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, you can leave it on our SoundCloud account. They're all NAOS pod. Uh, if you haven't and you would like to be, you know, just a deer... Leave a review for us on whatever podcasting platform you listen to, as reviews actually matter more than ratings, which is sort of silly, but that's how the dumb algorithm works. So leave us, you know, a rating and a review. That'd be awesome. Tell a friend if, you know, you got somebody who's looking for something to kill some time during the end of the world. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I think that's it. I think this is uh, a... Oh. 
No, go ahead. I, I think this was a pretty good episode. Uh, yes, I think it was too. Uh, and yeah, of course, tune in for the mini. And as always, uh, my usual sign off. Make sure to check your Tamagashis and watch out for Hurricane Andrew. Yeah, a little too bad. <laughs>